Hi, I'm Sabrina and he's Marcus. And we are two of the founders of the Black Trail Runners. You can find us on Instagram at the Black Trail Runners. We're a community and campaigning group seeking to increase inclusion, participation and representation of black people in trail running. If something resonates with you, please let us know and share online. Also, leave your review on the podcast platform that you selected as it helps our podcast grow. Your support helps to make this podcast possible. Thank you for downloading this episode. Now, let's head to the conversation. The Checkpoint is supported by the North Face, whose fundamental mission remains unchanged since 1966, to provide the best gear for their athletes and the modern-day explorer, support the preservation of the outdoors, and inspire a global movement of exploration. Amira Patel is a 29-year-old Muslim British Indian woman originally from Bolton who now lives in the beautiful Lake District here in the UK. Amira is an adventurer, a changemaker, activist, and for thousands of people who follow her on social media, a truly exceptional human being who, through sharing her adventures, inspires us to get outside. It was in 2020, during the coronavirus lockdowns, that Amira founded the Wonderlust Women Group, a hiking and adventure community for Muslim women. And in 2021, after deciding that she wanted to fully immerse herself in all things outdoors, she made the decision to move from her hometown of Bolton to the lakes and become an outdoor walking leader. Amira's aim is to break down the barriers and stereotypes of the niqab and to break down misconceptions of Muslim women through her personal work and that of her thriving community. So without further ado, let's dive deep into this conversation and find out more about her past, her present and her future plans. Amira, welcome to The Checkpoint. Hi, I hope you're well and (laughs) hi to everyone that's listening. Super excited to be here today. I'm excited to speak with you guys and we've had like so many conversations. It'll be nice just to share this with yourselves and with everyone else as well. So we like to start these podcasts with a bit of a a bit of a warm up like we do with all our trail runs. Um, So we're going to start with a few kind of getting to know you questions. That's how we how we like to, to phrase them. So my first question for you, Amira, is what's the last book you read or media you watched? Um, so the last book I read is a book called Welcome Home. Um, it's a book which uh, really gives you an insight on how we create homes and how, where we create homes. Um, and honestly, it's it's brilliant. Like everyone needs to read it. Um and the last thing that I watched was, I actually don't watch TV. I'm just trying to think. The last thing that I watched was actually a documentary um, about um, some people trekking in North Pakistan. Um, I actually can't remember what the documentary was called because I'm, I'm one of them. Where I just go through YouTube and TikTok <laughs> and like things and I just watch whatever. Um, but yeah, I actually don't really spend much time watching TV. 
um because I actually don't have the time to watch it um, yeah you're too busy you've got everything going on I'm not surprised do you know what it is um I can't sit in one place um I have ADHD so if I'm to sit in one place I just feel like there's too much time being wasted so like if I do actually put something to watch you'll see me with my laptop I'll put something on I'll be doing some work, then I'll start cleaning the house and then it's just there's just no point so yeah <laughs> I actually don't watch I don't it never works out <laughs> uh, um we'll definitely need to put a link to those uh the, that documentary and that book on the show notes um so my second question um is um as our warm-up before we go into our mobility before the main session you're adventuring outdoors it's cold it's wet you're actually reconsidering your life choices right now What's the one piece of kit, clothing, or fuel that you cannot be without? Oh, <laughs> um, this is a hard one. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think of it. I think, okay, because obviously I have to think about the factors of that. Obviously, I wear a hijab or a niqab, but I also need to stay warm. So how can I make utilize this? So I'd say a windproof, waterproof jacket because I can put a hood up for my scarf so my hair will yeah. be covered. I can zip right, right up so my face will be covered um, and then it'll protect me from the cold and the rain. So it'll have like four or five uses in one. Um, and then I can use all the pockets to shove like whatever I'm taking with me. In terms of snacks, I would probably go for... Hmm, this is a hard one um I'd probably say something like Snickers or like a peanut butter yes. like bar because Ooh, yeah it has gotten like you can't go wrong can you with peanut oh, butter no. or nuts no. so yeah <laughs> I'm so glad you said those two things are like my absolute go-tos as well one question for you though and I'm having this and I'm having this discussion with a couple of brands the waterproof jacket that you have, what's the hood size on that? Because I am struggling, Amira, to get a waterproof jacket with a big enough hood to cover the hair. Yeah, so that's something that I struggle with as well in terms of because I have my hijab and then I have my niqab and then it's like I want to keep protected. Yeah. Um, but I know that there's... Um, I recently bought a jacket from a company called Keel Outdoors. Uh -huh. I think they're a Scottish brand. And the hood was like literally like, like it came over and it actually like it, it covered everything. And uh, me and me and my friend Aisha, we really, really were like, wow, this is amazing. And the Sprayway one as well, um, that one I tried and the hood one, that one was quite it you know it came above the hijab etc uh, but obviously it is it is one of them where obviously if you've got a lot of hair if you've got yeah. big hair if you if you cover your hair if people cover their hair for like you know whatever reasons and you know the majority of the hoods won't really fit um mm. and and I think it's the same with like any sort of outdoor gear when it comes to like the, the headgear as well itself yeah um but yeah I agree with you that that's something that I think is one of those things where I think within progress it yeah. should be something that needs to be changed 
Yeah, I mean, God, we could we could dive deep into that whole kit for mm. women of color, diverse communities right now. But we've still got another warm up question for you. So I'll hand over to Rachel. So mine is, when did you last laugh and what caused it? <laughs> um, so my my soulmate, who is Aisha, is someone that I met on one of my first retreats. So I was a completely... I was in a really, really dark place. I was completely heartbroken. I was going through like one of the most difficult parts of my life. And I decided to pack my bags and move to the Lake District. I left my job and I just, I didn't know what I was doing. And then I hosted this first retreat for Wonderless Women. I did not know what was going to be, what's going to happen, who's going to come. I just knew that I had this idea and I needed to do it. And I met, and I met this, I met Aisha and I was looking at like a reflection of me and I was like, who is this woman and why? Like, and we both just kept doing things. And then that night I was like, you know, and she came to my room and honestly, it was like, do you know when you have someone that you needed your whole life and they literally come? And yeah, since then I ended up like moving in with her and we've just been like soul sisters since we met. And I'm sure everyone's seen her, you know, hilarious videos that we post on Instagram um, yes but, I love your videos yeah but every time I'm with her she makes me smile and um she actually like we, we had an interview with ITV yesterday <laughs> oh wow that's exciting yeah and we and, and I was like I just hope we don't say anything wrong and we've both really had to train ourselves to behave um and there was one point <laughs> where they were just like you know um just walk and talk and when, when I look back at the footage today, it, we were laughing and stuff. And I was thinking, what were we laughing? And I remember we were laughing at like, because we, we have like continuous ideas all the time. Like some people, they have like one idea and that's it, you stop. No, with me and her, it's like, we're going to go from A to B to C. And it goes on, like none of us say no to each other. Like we just continuously like thrive up each other's energy. And I remember we were walking and we were talking about buying a jet ski, then going jet skiing and like doing all this like random stuff. And then when I look back, I was like, did we actually just have a full on conversation about doing something when ITV are just like interviewing us? But like every moment with her, just I, I always have a smile on my face because she always it's like that energy is just there. Um, and yeah, she 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 made me laugh yesterday because we were there trying to be serious and she's there talking about buying a jet ski and I just thought oh my god <laughs> so now we've got a whole list of things that we need to buy and we've started all these activities we've got thousands of trips planned that are half planned and I'm like oh my god where is this gonna go uh, but yeah I love that answer I love that <laughs> answer it gives you all like the warm the warm fuzzy feelings <laughs> It's so important though, isn't it? I think it's so important to have a sister or a friend or someone that you can share your love of whatever it is you do, whether it's outdoors, indoors, but to have a, just a sister really that kind of, you can have that fun with, but yet you can enjoy that, which is your passion. It's just, it's priceless. And that's, that's the power of, I don't know, I've seen it's the power of kind of loving the outdoors is finding that kind of kin and those special souls that you can kind of share that with. But I think as women, it's it's really important for us to find those those women as well. Yeah, in our lives. and I think what it what it is, is sometimes as women, we sometimes feel like we have to find a partner to do certain stuff with and then we'll be settled. And yes. for me yes. growing up, I like my mum was like the person that I did everything with. So like, 
she was like my best friend, my sister, my, my everything. But obviously as she's grown old and she's, you know, when she went through her menopause and I've seen, she's, obviously she's still my mum, but, you know, she's slowed down in life now and, and I felt so lost mm. after that because I was like, you know, mum, let's do this. And she's like, oh, no, not today. And and my friends were all completely different. Being from a South Asian community, no one had the same interest as me. I was always the odd one out in everything because I was, obviously I looked a certain way, but the things that I were doing were very, not in my community, it was more like the Western community. And I was always had that struggle of fitting in. So I had all these things that I wanted to do, but then no one to do it with. And, you know, I did a lot of things solo. And then obviously you go through that time when, and you think that, you know, when I find a, a man, I'm going to do all this stuff. And it's like, actually, you don't really, you know, it's been instilled in us as a young, you know, as young girls, you know, you get married, you get settled and you do everything with your partner, blah, blah, blah. But then when I met Aisha, it was like, oh, my God, like all the things that I wanted to do, I finally had someone to do because that other person wanted to do it. Um, so we spent the whole summer just going through our bucket list to like wild camps, while swimming, um, going on road trips, trying out all the activities that we wanted to do. And then it re- I realised that actually you don't need a lot of people. You, if, if you find that one person, it's just, it's nice and you have that like friendship. Um, so yeah, and it was the same for her as well because she's a few years older than me and for all her life, she'd have anyone to do anything with. <laughs> So she feels like she feels mm. like, you know, she's young again and she's just, you know, exploring all those things that she wanted to do. Oh, my God, I love that. I, I just I just like fangirl in Aisha now. Like, <laughs> just, like, everyone needs someone. Needs everyone, every woman needs an Aisha. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that actually leads me on really because you talk about your you talked about your mom, you talked about you know what you were into that kind of maybe not other girls or 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 people friends in your community were into so when did uh, rewind back in terms of what was your childhood like like were you was your mum really outdoorsy where did where did this love from the outdoors come from did it start when you were little and or or can you just tell us a little bit more about your past Uh, yeah so um I think growing up for me like my family were we're really well traveled so like my my dad he took us on like the most amazing trips abroad and we did so much traveling abroad to like so many different places so as from a young age I was exposed to like you know mountains and the sea and all these beautiful landscapes and you know we had a lot of family abroad like in Mauritius in Iranian Island in Canada and all these different places when we would go we would obviously visit the the places you know where there was beautiful landscape um I remember going to Switzerland when we were small and like just all these different places we would go and visit um and there weren't just places where you can just go though there were like quite places where you you know when you it's like like Mauritius or South Africa and stuff like that where not many people would have the opportunity to go to these places um but mm-hmm. we were lucky um as children and we got to see these places but obviously we were still young then so you know you can only remember certain things um and then um, we would go to like places like Lake District and in like Yorkshire Dales. And I remember I've got this picture of me and my mum and I'm such a diva at that age as well. I've got like little sunglasses <laughs> on and I've got like, this pink outfit and I'm posing away on the hills. Um, and so, you know, we were ex- we did go to these areas. Um, and then my mum, she um, after she got divorced, she, um, you know, she was she was very much outdoorsy when she was younger, um, and you know when she was a young child. But back then, it wasn't it was 
even more harder for for women of color to do things especially mm. within their families and stuff so she was quite restricted in what she could do so um obviously and she had kids and stuff so she wasn't you know she got married but after she got divorced it's like she rewinded back and she was starting to do all those things that she didn't really get a chance to do so she went back to uni she started studying um she finished you know whatever her studies that she wanted to do and one of the things that she would go back into was her hiking so she joined like these hiking groups um and again she was like the only brown woman in those groups um mm. and you know even her her first hike I remember like she she went with all the wrong gear um and she was just like what am I doing <laughs> and you know and it's mad because now you know now we have all the correct kit and stuff but then no one had the knowledge of what yeah. to take etc and I remember she's like oh I don't know what to do and I'm like but why did you go and but when she came back she's like I'm booking the next one and then that was her life then just going out so with those trips they can always bring a plus one so we you know we would do regular walking here and there around our local areas but um I was at that age where I was like a teenager and I was into my own stuff. So I wasn't really interested. Um, so I'd go with her, but I'd moan half the time. And I've said this story <laughs> so many times about my first hike where I wore all the wrong stuff. I was crying all the way. And I said to my mum, please, I just want to go back. I'm tired and et cetera. But then when we got to the top, it was so beautiful. And yeah. I just, I don't know, something just hit me. So then I kept going with her. Um, and then... Um, you know that it wasn't like you know oh my gosh I love the outdoors it was just something that I would do with my mum so I was for me it was like okay I'm I'm used to it now Um, only a few years later after I went through I went through a divorce um, I was quite young and I just I just felt like okay I just didn't know what to do like you know some people go out partying and you know and in my religion we don't do stuff like that you know we don't you know drink or we don't party or we don't do these things so obviously when you're going through a hard time it's like how, what can you do to make yourself feel better how can you heal and you know spirituality and you know my religion is so important to me so as I started getting closer to my faith and as you I think as you do when you go through something you know you connect back to you know you pray and I remember just going on these walks um and I felt something and on these walks, I came to a realisation that actually there needs to be a space for, you know, women who have gone through something or women from my background or Muslim women, because we actually don't have a space where we can go and just be around other women like us. And I remember five years ago, I had this vision that I really wanted to have these retreats and have like a centre and or do so. All I knew is that I wanted to do something to help other women. Um, so then I just started like um, doing local walks um, I started venturing out um, and then I started just putting like local posts out for people that I'm going to go walking if you want to come come and you know we had a few people coming here and there um, and then yeah and then slowly slowly we just I just go like wherever we could go we would go and then a lockdown happened and then and then sort of end of 2019 um, I I used to come to the lakes, but it was more like we'd come to the lakes with the family and have a picnic and then go. It wasn't we would come to the lakes and we would hike or do something. So I remember I came and I, I learned about the rain rise and um, I did a lot of research about these different places. And I spent the whole day just traveling around and I absolutely fell in love and I couldn't believe 
half the like I just couldn't believe what I saw so then I said to myself okay you know it'd been a year after my divorce a, a few years so I can't remember how many years I was like right, I'm gonna go climb the three the three peaks and I'm gonna go climb the rain rise and I put all these challenges and then obviously 2020 happened and it was lockdown so um Obviously, in lockdown, we couldn't really go anywhere. So then I just started exploring my local area. Um, and because I had the time to do that and I started using Instagram again, I started getting recognition on Instagram because people were like, oh, you wear it. And that was the year that I started wearing a veil. So like, oh, you wear a veil and you do all these things or you do it alone and uh, how, like, are you not scared? Or like, can you do that though when you wear that? And to me, it was like, well... I don't see anything wrong with it. Like I'm just still the same person because before I wore the veil, you know, I was adventurous. I was like such a free spirit and, you know, I was always everywhere and anywhere and just exploring. So I could, I was still that same person. I was just obviously looking a bit different. Um, and then I did a post and I was just like, and that's when obviously I got, everyone was like, oh my God, like, you know, who's this, who's this person? <laughs> um, so I did a post about like, why are we and this was literally I think it was before Black Lives Matter um yeah and obviously we know so many different things happened that year and I wrote something about like you know why do people judge you on what you look like like you're an individual person it doesn't matter what you wear what you look like what you do you go do every activity out there you go and do whatever you need to and and uh, suddenly it just became a really big hit so I had loads of people contacting me and oh it was like I was like oh my gosh it was just I was just writing how I feel and then and then people were like oh you know we'd love to join you and you know do you do like group walks and do you do this and all these things and I was like oh okay and then I had the idea of the wonderless women and then the rest is just his history oh my god Amira it's just ever so much that you've said in that like you know, talking about how your mother after her divorce and kind of finding the outdoors and, you know, those stories that we all have those stories, don't we, of where we've gone out to do something, we haven't had the right kit, you know, whether mm. we're whether we're 40 something year old women or whether we're teenagers. And the thing that one of the things you said around, uh, you know, in, in terms of in your religion, in, in your community, you know, women, what, what like what do you do with that trauma? You know, whether it's divorce or, or whatever it is and, mm-hmm. and finding that place to be is just, I just think it touches on so much for so many people because, mm-hmm. you know, we're all do- with what's happened over the last couple of years. I think so many more of us are dealing with our own trauma surrounding lockdown or surrounding losing those people that we love and the outdoors is a place of healing and you know seeing the pictures that you post it they're just so so beautiful and so inspirational that it kind of just makes you want to go out the way that you use your social media to share your journey is it's just, yeah, it, it can't help but make you smile and make you see the beauty in a world that sometimes doesn't seem so beautiful. Yeah, and I think that's what that's what got, like, in lockdown, I remember people were just messaging me and they were like, and, you know, oh, your posts have got me through. And, you know, when I was putting the post with, like, the prayers in the background, they were like, oh, you know, mm. and they would, everyone, like, loads of people would message me. And, I, and then I started, like, I love storytelling anyways because as part of 
my actual degree that I did um, was like art and design um, and creative uh, mixed media and then I did like a bit of photography and stuff so I always love to like tell stories but like keep it really organic so I would like I would go on like adventures and I would like blog like my adventure along the day and people would be like oh you know what that really put a smile on my face and things like that and then that that made me realize that actually there are so many people that maybe don't have the opportunity to see something and that's giving them you know that sort of insight to go you know to see that and then now like a year later I've got so many messages of people that like we've just done our first hike or we just did our first swim or we just did this and and this and sometimes I can't even go through the message because there's so many and it makes me really happy that they've been given the opportunity to do that just because they saw someone that looks like them do it it's just literally that representation like it may seem so small but just for someone just to look at a post or a story and then for them to go out and do it so imagine the you know that's just a ripple effect but imagine the effects if that was to go on a on a bigger scale of having that representation in in a bigger scale like that would literally you know thousands would be inspired um so yeah I think it's really important that you know for me it was to to share with people that you know you can do stuff it's it's absolutely fine yeah, I think it's hugely important. It's something that we say in Black Trail Runners a lot, you know, you can't be what you can't see. And yeah, I have to just second Sabrina as well, her, um, to what she said, that your Instagram is amazing. The images on it are just <laughs> incredible. Um, we'll put a link um, on the show notes so that everyone follows, make sure to follow you after oh, after they've you. listened to this episode. Um, it's it's. I want to talk to you about social media, actually, because it can often get kind of a bit of a bad a bad rep mm-hmm. um but from from the sounds of things your relationship with with your followers and social media it sounds like it's actually been a really positive experience for you and 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 the people who are following you uh, yeah I think I think I think with social media you have to go in with that head of why are you doing it and what what do you want to come from it and I think it's with anything in life is always have your values. So um, have your values and know that whenever you feel like you're going away from that, go back and be like, right, okay, why did I start this? Okay, I started it for this. Because yeah, you can make Instagram and you can be that, you can, and I'm not being offensive to anyone, so I do apologize, but you can be that typical Instagram Instagrammer to make out to the world that you're living the best life and this is everything about it and that's it. But you can be that person that inspires or you can be that person that helps someone or you can be that person where you want to make a change. So when I I was, I'm an introvert and I used to have social phobia and all these other things. So when I had my Instagram, I I remember I had, I started Instagram when I, when I was 21 and I went backpacking and it was a solo backpacking trip that I did. It was the first time I did something like this. And obviously me being a Muslim woman, you know, it got a bit of, oh, what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. And then I remember I got a bit of a following then, people followed my journey, and then it got too much for me, so I came off it. Um, and then in during lockdown, I started Instagram again, and I had to think, okay, why am I, what am I doing here? Like, why am I making Instagram? And for me, I started just, just to share photography and videos because I just loved sharing, like, sunsets and, you know, sunrises and my walks. And I used to talk a lot about, like, my connection with my faith in nature and I used to talk about like the verses from the Quran and um the uh, a lot of um you know things that we can do 
whilst we're outdoors in terms of how we can connect with God, spirituality and things like that. And I just used it as that as that medium. And obviously, as my platform grew, then I realized, OK, I've got a, I've got a voice and I should really speak about what I've wanted to speak about for some for such a long time. So I slowly started to speak about women um, from my community who are dealing with Islamophobia and racism. Um, and, you know, I wanted to break down those misconceptions and those barriers of women, of Muslim women, of Muslim women who wear the veil, of Muslim who wear the hijab, those who don't wear it, and just generally, you know, coloured people in general. Um, so, yeah, I started to then talk about those things. And then I actually realised there wasn't many role models for anyone to look up to. So suddenly everyone was like, oh, my gosh, you're finally doing something and talking about something. So, um, yeah, so I think I, as my followers grew and I always have to, you know, think, okay, why am I, why, what am I posting and why am I posting it? And then now it's just become, you know, a, a sort of journey, a travel journey of where I just sort of share what I'm doing to inspire other women to do stuff. But I also use it as, as, as a voice, not just for me, but for many of the women who may not have had that chance to speak up about stuff. Um, and yeah, like I said, we, there are positives and there are negatives. As soon as there's a moment where you just feel like, ah, I can't deal with it, you know, you just go away from it and you have that time out. Um, and it's hard because, you know, it can take over your life. But I think it's how you train yourself and you have to train yourself from negativity as well because I'm a really soft, sensitive person. <laughs> so like if I if someone says something to me, I will, I will end up crying. You know, but, oh my God. <laughs> but I've had to literally become so strong that, what anyone says I have to just be like okay I'm not going to read it I'm going to not talk about it maybe twice two to three times I've actually publicly spoken about some of the comments that I've got just because to show people that we do get these comments because a yeah. lot of people are like, oh no you must everyone's safe and blah 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 and then when people have seen the comments they're like wow that's that's really bad mm -hmm. um so yeah, you have to, it is hard, like it's a full-time job, but you have to, you know, constantly train yourself of how you're going to use it. And what's, you know, someone taught me, one of my friends said, always have your values. And whenever you feel like you're posting something and you feel like, is this right? Am I just, why am I posting this? And if you don't, if you feel unsure, always go back to those values. And it, honestly, it helps so much. Because as soon as you start getting a big following, you can get so many random people saying, oh, we want to send you this and we want oh, to do this and I'm we so want to do this. Into that. And I'm just like, oh. okay, why are you telling me about gym wear that are bra and leggings <laughs> yeah. when I wear this? Like, do you know, it's just yeah. the point completely. No, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't want to promote energy drinks or <laughs> lounge sets or God knows what. Yeah. And it's like you have to go back, no matter how. Even sometimes, oh, you know, people all oh, do it for the money. It's like, no, it's not about. Yeah, yeah, okay, you need to make a living, but then you've like I've made a page to promote what I'm promoting, which is outdoors. It's about diversity and it's about faith, and you know, it's about Muslim women getting outdoors. There's someone mm. sending me something which is completely irrelevant to that. It's just defeats. Yeah. It defeats the purpose of why I made this page. So yeah, I have to always, you know, relate back to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Oh God, it's like you're you're so right. I'm kind of here and I'm just like nodding and I'm like yeah because 
it's, I always say, keep your why close by. Like when you forget your why, and I mean, it, it's a life lesson, isn't it? it can, you can apply it to everything, but it's once you lose that reason for being or the journey that you are on and the spirituality that you convey across your Instagram and your, your religion and, 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 and how important that is to you. For me, having spent 16 years running a marketing and PR company and being asked to reach out to influencers, et cetera, the first rule of the game is that you don't do anything. You follow said person to really understand what they're about and what they value and what they don't value. And it really leads quite nicely into into that whole when you be, when you become a voice for a community or a voice for a cause, brands, both large and small, wanting to jump on the back of that in order to tick a box that they have. What I want to ask you is how often, you know, is it an everyday thing? Is it an every week thing? And what do you believe that brands, organizations, et cetera, should be doing more of in order to really make real change and really get that real representation for Muslim women outdoors that they might not be doing right now? Um, yeah, this is quite important because it's all fair and good for people to come to you and be like, we want to give you this, we want to give you this, we want to give you this, and we want to give you this. But then it's like, okay, do I actually need this? Is this going to be saving our environment? Is this like, you know, we've got to think about, is this going to be waste? And, you know, I've got, you've, you've got a certain thing. I don't need another thing of that. What I need is continuous support. What we need mm -hmm. is continuous support in what we're doing. What we need is to see people like us actually represented. So, you know, when you go to an outdoor event or you go to um, outdoor shops or, you know, the media, wherever it is, I have not seen anyone that looks like me. So what are you guys doing to get us seen and represented? So mm. what are you doing to help the communities? So, yeah, all these all these people now have made all these different groups which are they doing as a as a, you know a voluntary thing but now suddenly everyone wants to get involved because it's like oh we want to help with diversity we want to help with diversity we want to help with diversity because it's you know the hot topic but what are you actually doing to support those leaders that yeah. you know have no you know okay i'm not saying that but you know they've come because they've got a passion now they've got this big weight on the shoulders because they've got so many ideas they want to do so much <laughs> but it's it's hard because you're one person trying to do all this. Yeah. You know, if if people want to support, okay, right, okay, let's do this. Let's organize some events for you. Let's take away some of that pressure off you. Why don't we do this for you? Okay, why don't we do this? Looking at the the, the behind the, the scenes of things like, you know, okay, you've got this many women, maybe we could, you know, we can arrange this this for you guys or we can support you in this way. There are so many ways that people um from outdoor you know the brands etc can support you it's not just right let me send you this and mm. go wear it take a picture with it and yet we're very appreciative for all the stuff that people do send it really does help people but what helps more 
is actually getting people outside so things like okay there are so many people that have barriers to transport um mm. people from inner city areas that want to come and do these things but firstly you know they've never come so the anxiety is quite high costs are so expensive yep. people that come from uh, you know areas where they you know financially can't afford it so there's so many things so many barriers which you can do to help so it's like looking at those sort of things I think that needs mm. to be and I always say this I was like that there is enough we you know there's clothing there's there's enough of that everyone you know we can have access to that but what we do need is help with resources what That's we do it. need is help with setting up courses and educational um events and these sort of things do you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. this is what we need help with because we've just come and we've we're the ones that are changing the statistics now on these numbers of, you know, of how many people are getting. If it wasn't for our groups, it would still be the same because yeah. people wouldn't go out. So imagine during like, say there was no Black Children's or not the Wanderlust Women or Black Girls Hike or um, Colour um, Climb, um, forgot color, what they're called. Colour Climbs. Um, if there wasn't any of these groups, there, there would be no change. But mm. we're the ones that have come and made this change and we're the ones that are changing those numbers. So I, I really believe that we should have that that support on a wider scale. Mm. I don't know what you feel about that. No, it's... I think, I'm just nodding. I mean, Rachel I'm just nodding. and I not <laughs> nodding. Especially, especially when you talked about, like, resource. Mm. If, there's, if there was, like, a top, top priority in terms of how to help communities like yours, like ours, like all of the communities that that serve um a, you know are are diverse i don't like to call them our minority communities because no. i believe we're the majority yeah but it's resource we need skills we need time and we need budget okay, yeah. like we we need it's not about throwing as a a jacket and a pair of trainers and asking for some photos so that a box can be ticked and you can be seen as supporting that's not that is not what drives community growth and everything that you've said and I know you and I have discussed this offline and and in other in other groups that we're in but it's it's we need that resource and that continuous investment rather mm -hmm. than a one-off photo shoot that you know that basically you can use as a brand in your marketing for years we that's for us yes there's a representation visual representation piece there but the, the question is where's the consistent where's the consistency you know where's the ongoing support for us to really grow our communities um and you've you've, you've summed it up perfectly Amira, you said something earlier about um, people having misconceptions. I just want to kind of go back to that, if you're happy to talk about it. Kind of what you found are people's biggest misconceptions about about you, about your work, about Wanderlust Women. What do you think it is that people are, are getting wrong? So I think, so with, with, with anything when it comes to uh, race color religion there's it comes to it comes down to essentially how say for an instance how a person looks and you know that's where people get judged so we all know within media uh, muslim women 
Muslims in general, but Muslim women and Muslim women and hijab and niqab has been one of the constant battles that we've mm. had to face. Um, just a few days ago, France have banned any uh, women from wearing the hijab um, in any sports areas. But then a few days later, they posted a woman, I uh, can't remember who, in was it a Prada? Yes, I saw um, A scarf around yeah. her head. And they were like, oh, something headscarf. And it's just, so when it's for fashion, it's absolutely fine. But when it's for religion, it's not. So now, and that really, and I put a post out that day about why is representation so important? Because if I was, imagine I was that person that was living there and and I'm doing the work that I do now. I wouldn't be able to do any of that work because they've they've taken that right away from me. Mm. And that's, and I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about many of those girls and those women who now are unable to do the things that they wanted to do just because they are covering their hair, which, you know, is, is, is quite, is, you know, it's one of them things which is it's not nice. But it's one of them things, it's always been in the media about, you know, this thing of women, Muslim women wearing the hijab, this thing, yeah, there, there's, I know there's religion and there's culture, so I know there's, some cultures where the what they do is within their culture but that's not everyone like we have to differentiate between religion and culture and in religion a woman is has so many rights so many rights I was never forced to wear one I did it out of my own will and I have my reasons why I do it it's you know an act of freedom for me and it's my relationship with God and it's how I connect with my my religion and I'm proudly I wear it so um, I think that the misconceptions that generally everyone have of women that wear hijab and niqab is that we're oppressed, we can't do anything, mm-hmm. we're boring, we're, we've been forced, we've got, I don't know, like just so many different things. And it's like, yeah, okay, there, there may be some cultures that have done that, but that's not part of religion because mm-hmm. our religion has given so many rights to, to Muslim women and um and yeah it's one of those things where we it's always seen so negatively that you know that's why women like me we do face stuff like that like you know people calling us terrorists and saying that you're you know we should go back to where you're from and um you know go and just just so many different comments I can't even think of them right now and you know you must you stay at home and why are you out here and we don't see people like you here and go back to Saudi Arabia and all these different things and I'm just like what is this Mm. because that's just you're just basing everything on one like and it's it's one of the things where obviously people just need to educate themselves Um, and I wanted to show I wanted to take away these misconceptions from the wider community and the inner community because within our own community a lot of people have these these stigmas attached to women that wear the veil or the hijab and wanted to get rid of those things and I wanted to give those women who may have had the confidence because they felt they were that person that actually no you, you can you are able to do things there's nothing stopping you because you look different and yeah it might be hard at the beginning and I remember, like, you know, being that only person that looks completely different, um, you know, whether that was on a mountain, whether that was going on a paddleboard, whether that was ki- any anything, you know, it, that first time, 
it was and you do get looks you do get stared at you do get comments you you do get people pointing and staring and you do get all these things but these things are the things that make you think you know what I'm doing something and I'm going to change this and it makes you want to do it more so um yeah I think that when you know that's sort of the it's something that you know we can really go deeply into but I think that's more of the sort of the few things that I wanted to take away uh, Mm. from people's minds Mm. I mean and and I believe like you know from woman to woman and mother to looking at what you do like you're one of you look like you're just having one of the most free, beautiful times. And it, it hurts my heart that from what you what you and other Muslim women choose to wear, how you choose to express your faith, how you choose to 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 honor your faith is something which is used to to try and almost like put you back in your box because of these old school conceptions and misconceptions about what that makes you and what that says. And I guess from our point of view in terms of, you know, the black woman, you know, that, that trope, you know, the strong, angry black woman Mm -hmm. and, and, and it, and it, so many of us don't, don't even like those words used because that says, you know, that says about us that are we not allowed to be vulnerable you know, is that, does that make us less, you know, and, and these, these con- misconceptions about us based upon the color of our skin or what we choose to wear, you know, we as community leaders or as women that want to use our voices for change, I truly believe it's our purpose in order to continually express why we do what we do and why we will continue to do that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, because it's, but you know, those I think those those small minded, uh, ignorant people will always be there. But we 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 just, I you know, I fundamentally believe on those days when, you know, when we do kind of get that DM DM or we're on an article, whether it's a. a you know, a highbrow, I say highbrow, would I call the BBC highbrow, but, you know, a very high profile news channel where unfortunately with the good comes a lot of negative comments. It's in those days that just like you said before, we have to keep our why close by. We have to keep why we're doing this really close. Otherwise, wouldn't it be really easy for us to think, you know what, that's that's enough now. I'm just going to disappear for a while. And then who would be inspired by you? you know yeah so. I completely agree with that uh, Amira I just love everything that you have to say I could sit and listen to you talk for hours <laughs> I really could honestly I think this I think there's you have so much knowledge and kind of so much um you can tell how passionate you are about what you're talking about and how passionate you are about Wanderlust women and 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 your plans um and I'd like to just talk a bit more about that if you're if you're happy to I know I know we're running short on time but it would just be great to know kind of what your what your what your future projects what your future hopes are for for yourself and also for the for the Wonderless Women group yeah so um I think my personal goals um I've got some challenges that I want to do um so those are like expeditions abroad um I want to go back to where I'm from um I'm 
you know, we sometimes can have like identity crisis because, you know, we're in this part of the world, but then we have mm-hmm. a whole identity that we've not explored. And then for me telling people that, oh, you know, the mountains are not in your culture. It's like, well, excuse me, darling, you Sherpas <laughs> that, you know, carry your stuff up Everest. And yeah. when you go to North Pakistan and all these big, huge mountains like K2 and Everest, who are the people there? Who are the people that welcome you? Like who they're all from South Asian heritage. So, you know, and when, when I was thinking about that, I was like, I, I really want to go back and connect to to where I'm from um, and, you know, because, you know, my background is South, South Asia and in India, and I want to go back to to the mountains there and connect with my roots to the mountains there and, you know, really mm-hmm. go explore and see my people in the mountains, if that makes sense, totally. and see what what that connection means to me. Um, so I'm working on a project for that, hopefully. Um, and, um, yeah, I've got a few other challenges. Well, maybe a lot of challenges that I've given myself <laughs> to do. Um, and I'm doing my mountain leader training as well. So hopefully, you know, I can become qualified. But that's not like, you know, I'm rushing to do it. I'm just doing it very slowly. I'm learning, you know, along the way. Um, and then in terms of the Wanderlust women, you know, we, you know, we've got that first step of getting people out. Now it's, you know, we want to, I want to create like a group, Wanderlust women sort of groups all over UK so we can have leaders, you know, up to that level of where they can start taking people out and have their own communities um so for me it's for me it's not right I'm going to take up a mountain and back down and that's it for me it's I really believe in giving women confidence so they can do it themselves so Mm. I really want to do like courses so we've got like introduction to mountain skills like introduction to campaign because you've got to start like you know we're we're talking about people who've never been introduced to outdoors so if we're not going to start from you know the basics we're we're not it's not just about right let me take you up a mountain and back down it's about okay what can we wear how can we do this and building that confidence slowly and slowly a year ago I had a group of women on my first retreat who now didn't know anything then and you know they were so like you know in the coming and you know they're quite scared and anxious because it's something new they you know they they started so many different things they're climbing mountains now they started climbing and they're doing all these different things and it's like it just takes that one step and then the rest follows so um I really want to um you know have a bunch of women who are interested and actually I've got a bunch of women where we can train up to like a lowland or hill moorland sort of like low level um where then they can start taking people out in different areas um and I really want to focus on you know to do like more courses um where people feel safe to come because you know if you're gonna um, go to a course where no one looks like you again it's very intimidating I've been there myself and you're just like wow and you're so worried about looking different and feeling out of place you you, you forget why you're there but I want to create these courses in an environment where everyone looks like you hopefully I can deliver some of these these courses as well um and then yeah we've got an international trek this year um to Mount Tupacals I'm really looking forward to that um giving women from these uh, communities an opportunity to do an expedition abroad um and then yeah we've just got loads of like different retreats um and yeah like just gonna see how it goes it's a full-time <laughs> yeah, it's, job it's, it's a full-time job I mean I don't yeah I was as you as you as you kept talking I was like how is she doing all of this <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's a bit mad, but it's a good mad. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I love all of that. The ac- the access, the skills, um, and having people who look like you training you. I think that's hugely important. Um, and also what you were saying about, you know, having local leaders in different areas. So you're, you know, you're creating local communities as well as having your wider community. And again, I think that's, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's so important. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. Amira, you're amazing. We love, we love, oh. we love what you do. <laughs> we do. And, and, and this, we could go on talking to you forever and ever, I think. <laughs> um, what, where can people who have are listening to this podcast where can the where's the best place for them I mean I think we've talked about it all through <laughs> here but where's the best place for them to keep abreast of what you're doing to support you this is a time for yeah call to action kind of where where do you want people to connect with you where's the best places yeah so um for anyone that's interested in imagining the work that I'm doing then on Instagram so that's um, Amira underscore The Wonderlust. Um, and for anyone that wants to support the work that I'm doing for The Wonderlust Women or wants to join or they would like to come to our events, then our Instagram for that is the.wonderlust.women. Um, and then we've also just recently launched our website, which is www.thewonderlustwomen.co.uk. Um, and hopefully the events will be there on will be there soon um i've just not a chance to put that yeah but um, everything else is there um and yeah we've got like videos and stuff of what we've done lots of pictures lots of articles etc what we've done before so yeah it's just basically if anyone wants to find anything they can go on there as well there you go people uh literally as soon as you stop this podcast you you might as well just go and and (laughs) follow all of those accounts definitely um amira thank you so so much for coming on to the checkpoint it has been an absolute blessing to have you on and and just you know meeting you for the first time we met at Kendall Mountain Festival last <laughs> October and I just felt such a kind of just oh my god like an affinity and absolutely love and am inspired by what you're doing so just keep doing you and being the wonderful soul that you are and uh, yeah we can't wait to catch up with you on the checkpoint again next year and hear about all of the different regional events the international stuff all of the mount- new mountains that you've climbed etc cetera, etc cetera. so um thank you so much for joining us oh, thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure thank you for joining us at the checkpoint if you've enjoyed this conversation please subscribe and share online also please remember to leave your review on the podcast platform that you selected as it really helps our podcast to grow. Your support helps make this podcast possible. Remember, if you have any questions, get in touch with us via our Instagram page at Black Trail Runners, or if you want to join our community, please search Facebook for Black Trail Runners and connect with us.